Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? Stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just barely made it. Why'd you barely make it? Uh, because we're packing. I have my clo- my walkthrough is at 8.30. My closing is at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Movers will be here between 8 and 10. So, that, so this is cool because I was just telling John... Uh, we just closed on our well. Our closing date is August 16th, so we're waiting for our closing date. And okay. Our um, asshole of a landlord, uh, our previous landlord, wouldn't let us stay for an extra month, oh. so kicked us out. So we are currently living with Alex Gazan. <laughs> um, they have a property with two houses that the you know, parents live on one side, et cetera. So the parents are in Portugal. We're in one of the houses. Um, so it's all this, me and my wife, my two kids, we're sleeping in one room. Um, I was saying to him, the dial-up is, it, I mean, the uh, internet's like dial-up. So I'm at a coffee shop to make sure that I didn't drop you guys. Um, oh, for a second I was about to be like, wow, what an eclectic chaos. home they have. Oh, no. it's Yeah, no. They're, they're, I mean, it's amazing. It's so cool for her because we were going to go stay at an Airbnb and the whole nine. But, yeah, it's um, it's insane at the moment. So I, I feel you, dog. I'm right there with you. It just yeah. doesn't it yeah. doesn't make sense. Like how do we accumulate so much shit? So much shit. Like like it's never ending. And here's the craziest thing. Like I don't know about you, Justin. Oh, by the way, Justin Cotler is here. We probably should have said that at some point. I just started oh, yeah. talking. Oh, uh, they're bad. figuring it out. They'll figure it out. Um, it's another bald guy with glasses, man. I don't even know who's talking. I just, it's hard to tell. Um, But I, I don't know how we accumulate so much shit. And and for us, like, it's kind of been wild because we were, we were traveling like two weeks ago through Maine because unfortunately we had like a death in the family. So we were like driving around the entire coast of New England, kind of like spending time with family and dealing with that. And then we were on vacation to Block Island for a week, which we, we do every year as we planned it like a bazillion years ago. And so I haven't literally was not home for the whole two weeks before like having basically eight days to pack my entire house. So it's not like I could have really gotten a jump start on it just because life gets in the way. And so now in a crunch, I'm realizing we just own too much stuff, just way too much. And I'm like trying to purge as we pack, but that kind of like takes too long. So I'm like half purging and I'll have to purge like half on the way out. When I unpack, I'll be like, why did I even bring this? It's like insanity right now. Did you uh, figure out how to move the chicken coop? No. So no? Here's, really, here's what's really sad, you guys. So Uh-oh. Matt Matt built this coop for me. It was my birthday present like five years ago. I like unwrapped coop like plans like building plans and he built it for me and I picked out my chicks and I bought them at like 24 hours old and they were just little peepers sitting in my hands like the coop is really sentimental but the backyard is crap at this house that we're selling so it's like so it's got like weird like ditches and it's wicked hilly and it's stupid and so not a single like shed mover or construction professional or like person who owns a flatbed like I called the entire state of Rhode Island and even some people up in mass like people have come to my house I have sent videos of this thing we thought about like breaking it apart and putting it back together but like Matt built it so it's not like he even remembers where the screws are you know what I mean like it wasn't perfect. So all in all, at the end of the day, um, 
we are going to rebuild the coop of our dreams at the new house. And unfortunately, this one has to get like demoed and, and taken apart for wood or junk or whatever. And I, I have already cried real tears about it. And now I'm like committed to the new coop. So what, okay. what do you do with the chickens while they're in between coops? Yeah, I had to purchase interim chicken housing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On top of all the cost of moving, forget the fact that we just closed on a house like the highest housing market fucking ever. So here we are, like spending way too much money on everything. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Jeff. I'm I'm about to tell you our story. It's pretty Uh awesome. uh Um, On top of that, I had to go to Tractor Supply today to be like, give me your finest $500 coupe for the next like couple weeks until we can figure out how we're going to build. So there was that. Big fun. What's your What's your story, Justin? With Moo? he's got to be crazy uh, out in Vegas. Yeah, it's crazy. So we, when we moved to Vegas a couple of years ago, it was during the pandemic, right? So prices were super low, and uh, we got an amazing deal. We signed when we when we came here too. We, you know, we weren't sure we were going to stay, so we signed a two year lease. We were like, that'll be plenty of time for us to be able to kind of decide what we want to do. Um, well, two months ago, it was literally maybe three days before I left for syndicate. And so I was gone for a month, right? That whole month, I was at every single semifinal. Three days before our landlord texted us and said, I'm raising your rent 75%. Um, Yeah. So I looked at my wife and I was like, well, we were planning on probably signing another year. And then we were going to uh, buy a house. So we were like, well, that's perfect because, well, you know, the housing market's crazy right now. So it'll give us another year. Hopefully things will calm down a little bit. Well, when he sent us that text, I looked at her and I was like, I'm, there's no chance that I'm allowing that to happen. So I was like, let's go talk to a lender right before I leave. Let's see what we qualify for, et cetera. So we did that like literally the day before I left. My wife went and started looking at houses. Three days later, I'm on the road. I'm in Knoxville. She calls me. She's like, I found our house. I was like, okay. She was like, I'm putting in a bid. This all happened the week of syndicate. By Friday, we we had won the bid on the house. And this is sight unseen. I never saw the house until I got back from semifinals. <laughs> she bought the house. No. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You uh-huh. saw like pictures like, and stuff, right? Uh, she, so she went to look at it and she sent me like the layout and whatnot, but yeah, I didn't get to see the house until I came back. So once I got back from semifinals, um, we went and looked at it and I was like, it's great. And listen, at the end of the day, you know, she's got great taste. So I was like, if you're happy, I'm happy. It's all good. Um, and, and it's close to, it's closer to, to our daughter's gymnastics and we spend most of our time close to Ivy's gymnastics. And then, you know, it's a little bit closer to the gym. So that was great. Um, but what I was most happy about was just that we weren't going to have to give this guy all of our money, you know, and then, and then we, and then we sent him a text and we were like, okay, well we bought a house. So we're going to be out, uh, of the house. Our lease ends at the end of June. So, uh, you know, can we just do a month to month until the house closes? They're saying the house is going to close sometime in August. And he was like, no, I want you guys out June 30th. Amazing. After we had been there, after we had been there two years, perfect tenants, et cetera. So yeah, yeah, it's been quite, uh, it's been quite in- interesting. We're living the gypsy life right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. You know, it's been, yeah. it's been a wild couple of years. Like, I just feel like, the housing market has been so crazy. And like we we've been looking for we've been casually looking for like 
three or four years and like seriously looking for like two or three years. And it's just like, it's been nuts. And like, even before the rate hikes and the inflation and the whatever, like just the market was, was weird. Like not the, the first, it was like not the greatest houses. And then it was like all the houses all at once. And then it was like just the most needed the most money in the world to buy a new home. And now we're kind of still there. So I feel lucky that we kind of like squeaked in when we did like literally like signed paperwork. And the next day in the morning, Alexa was like, today we've seen the highest interest rate in i called my lender and i was like are we locked tell me we're locked in he's like no no you're good insane timing yeah yeah it's crazy i mean here in vegas is nuts too because everybody kind of moved from california so it's just you know they're saying you know there's going to be i mean our broker is essentially like yeah there's not going to be a crash here He's like, there's just not enough houses. You know, we're, we're usually see the volume around 12,000 houses. There's a thousand houses now. So he's like, so it's just simple supply and demand issues. There's, there's not going to be a crash here. No, so, I need it to crash. Yeah, like little, refinance. That's what I need. I know that's, that's kind of what we're, you know, we're waiting for. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, it's all good. Hey, it's, it's, it's good things at the end of the day. Right. Fine. It's all good things. It's you're, fine. You're, you're a ways off from rates dropping again, Nikki. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. No, I know, I know, I know. Hey, the cool thing is, I've got big plans, and obviously, it's not going to happen overnight. Even though I want the house to be just perfect in five minutes, but I have really big plans to like have a really nice home office with like a podcasting corner, like a little home studio. So maybe I won't have to be the queen of fake backgrounds anymore. In my, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This. This is. I'm excited. We're. This one's a lot bigger and, and more rooms and so enough for for everybody kids guests uh, yeah all night. so it's gonna be so nice are you guys yeah. wanting to put down roots in vegas for an extended period of time we love it yeah we're, we we absolutely love it um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna be here a while and continue to kind of grow the underdogs family here and uh i mean we love it for the kids just being able to be outdoors year round, being five, 10 minutes from Red Rock Canyon. My, my daughter's also a, a phenomenal rock climber. So she and I spend a lot of time rock climbing, which is a blast. And, and, um, you know, we, we really, uh, I lived in the Northeast for 20 years. I'm a, and I'm a native Floridian. So it's kind of like a situation where you can, you can take uh, the boy out of Florida, but you can't take the Florida out of the boy. I just, I love warm weather. I, I'm not, a, never been like a big seasons guy, um, you know, so I, I lived in the Northeast for 20 years and, and I, I had enough of cold and snow. And, and once we got here, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. We can be outside year round. We've got so much more space. We lived in New York city. So it's a lot more bang for your buck here. And so we, we really enjoy it. I think we're going to be here for a while. Yeah, I'm like that. Every every season, like when snow comes, I'm like, why are we here? Why? It's snowing in Rhode Island in like two weeks, Nikki. What are you talking about? I know yeah. it. I know it. And like our whole families, both of our families are in New England. It's like, we're not going anywhere. I get it. But like, I just could be so happy in perma sunshine. I really could be. Yeah. And now I'm like kind of a, I'm a kind of a snob, sunshine snob, because I've been here for a while and you wake up and every single day is blue sky and it's very rare that, it, that it's cloudy, et cetera. So like 
when we were on the road this this past you know uh this past month it was like down in knoxville i didn't see the sun for four or five days and i would wake up grumpy and i'd be like what the hell's going on and i can't deal with this and then we went to minnesota and the same thing and then i was in montreal and it was cold and it was rainy and i was just like you know what i have turned into a sunshine snob like no mm -hmm. doubt about it so and and i'm fine with that i'm okay with it i don't mind I'm really cool with, with uh, waking up in the sun every day. Yeah. yeah. What uh, what level sunblock do you need for that dome in Vegas? It's got to be 100, uh, right? It's, it's 110 right now. Um, it's hot. It's hot. There, there's, there's like a couple weeks where you're just like, okay, this is really hot. Um, as long as it's under 105, though, I have to be honest. Like, it could be 102 outside and dry, and it's better than 85 and humid in, in the Northeast. Like it feels nicer. And when you're in the, when you're in the shade, honestly, you still get a cool breeze, et cetera, but Dude. 110 plus, And it is like, I mean, Nikki was here last year when it was one. I was just going to say that it was, like, that it was like 120 okay. at West Coast yeah. Classic last year. We yeah. were there and I was so pregnant already that like we went yeah. walking the strip at night, like just friends after, you know, after dinner. And I was like out there for two seconds. I walked like half a block and I was like, I don't think I don't follow a lot of rules, but I don't think I'm supposed to be really, really hot. I was like, yeah. as a as a pregnant lady, like I think I'm not supposed to be in like saunas or hot tubs or 120 degree weather. I'm just gonna go back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah that that trip was miserable. Here's what I remember about Vegas from West Coast Classic. <laughs> it felt like an oven. Everywhere yes. I went, it felt like an oven, and it also smelled like weed. So I felt like I was an edible inside the oven. Like that's what it was <laughs> like. Like everywhere I went, I'm like, what does that smell? And, I'm like, I know that's weed, but why would it be weed? And then I turn the corner and there's like a cart where they're selling it. I'm like, oh, it must be legal here, I guess. Right? Especially at the Orleans. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, the fancy Orleans. So fancy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's not one of our time top in I've ever had. I used to love Vegas. I truly used to love it. It was so fun for like a weekend. I mean, the strip is a lot, but like it's an experience and you go and it serves a purpose and it's a good time. And I just had like no fun and at all because I was pregnant. It was hot. We were at the Orleans. Yeah. It was a lot. It, it was like it a was lot brutal. Trip. Yeah. But when it's 120 out, you can't, there's, you can't do anything, but that's literally like two weeks out of the year. Of course. And then one in a couple of weeks, what's so cool is like, you know, right kind of the middle, kind of the end of August um, into, into September, it'll then just be perfect. And it'll be perfect for months. Like every day is the same. You wake up middle of the day, it's in the nineties, drops down in the seventies, but even in the nineties is gorgeous, you know? And, um, what we love about it is everything that's not the strip. I mean, you can go to the strip if you want to, but what's, what's great is, is all, is just how close you are to, like I said, to Red Rock, to Mount Charleston, to, yeah. to Zion, to all these places that are super close and, and it's so scenic and it's so pretty and, and people don't realize how, how beautiful it is out here. They just think the strip, which is fun too. It's really cool to have, but I mean, we've been to the strip, you know, once in the last four months we went to go see a concert you know what i mean yeah. and that's and that's cool and it's fun but you know you don't need to go if you don't want it's kind of like what what times square was when we lived in new york city yeah. it's like you know you don't you don't go there unless you you have to or you go to a broadway show there you go you know yeah. besides I, that you know, i was actually going to ask i when i was doing research for this and believe it or not nikki i did some research and i found out you're a musician you got to get great music in vegas 
You get, you've seen a lot yeah. of concerts? Like, you checking people out or what? Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough with kids, man. You know, I mean, we've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and we don't have family that live here, and, you know, so it's it's tough. We have, you know, some sometimes we'll get the uh, the athletes to babysit, which is cool. <laughs> um, but but in general, yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of nights out. But actually, we went to a concert. My, one of my favorite artists, uh, her name is Yeba, and uh, she opened for John Mayer. So we went to the Yeba John Mayer concert, uh, a couple of uh, – it was a couple of months ago uh, for our uh, anniversary, and we went to a really nice dinner prior to. But yeah, I mean, there's incredible concerts out here, um, you know. And uh, we were one of my really good friends uh, is one of Adele's background singers. So when Adele was going to have her residency here, we were going to go, and then of course Adele canceled. She's had uh, voice issues, so she she didn't end up coming. So that kind of sucked. Oh, um, that's the one but, concert yeah. I would spend like all my money on. All my money, take it all, would be to see Adele. <laughs> yeah, it would have been cool. I mean, and, and like I said, you know, her name is Amanda Brown, who who sings background. She's incredible, but it would have been great to see her. And she's she's one of my. I used to sing with her a bunch, so it was a lot of fun. You know, but? when we would sing together. But you would sing with her. What? Do I not know this about you? The background singer. Uh, oh, wait a minute! You didn't know that N- Nikki didn't do her research. I did. I she didn't do her research. Uh, Nikki, I, I was a full-time recording artist from 1997 to 2007. I had a record deal. I was uh, my stuff still on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, and I, I listened to it last night. I listened yeah. to it. It's very good. Very, People like, do not believe it. They don't. No, no, no. It's very. As a matter of fact, it don't take this wrong way. It's shockingly good. Like I, get, I meet a lot of people that are like I went. I was a musician in college, and see, I know a lot of people that are musicians, and I to this day know a lot of people that are musicians, like air quotes, right? <laughs> and you know they'll send you their album, and it's just crap. So I'm like, right. I go to look this up because I wanted to hear what it sound like, and I'm like kind of already rolling my eyes, thinking, all right, another CrossFitter right. wanted to do something other than CrossFit, and it's fucking great. Like really great, Nikki. I'm no, so it was, it, it I know was exactly what I'm listening to tonight when I finish my oh, packing. No. You're not me. going to believe it. Trust me. Uh, just it's a previous life, and I always tell people I was put on earth to sing, and I never thought I would find something I loved as much as 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 singing and and uh, coaching became the next stage for me. It became another place to be able to affect people and change help change people's lives and. So it's it's been quite a journey from from my music career to to this, but uh, but yeah, it's it's still amazing to go back and listen to. Sometimes it's it's crazy and my, it's really cool. Like my daughter now is starting to really. And my my son loves music, but he's two, so he doesn't really get it. But my daughter, you know, we we actually went back and watched an old video that, of a concert that I did uh, in San Francisco that was online, and and she was just like, "Wait a minute!" She's like, "That's you, Daddy?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's me." And she was just like, oh. "You know, it's just so cool. It's, uh, it's really awesome. That's special." How did you How did you get into R and B? That was the part that shocked me. Is it's R and B. And it's like, yeah, it's hard R&B, Nikki. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, vocal runs and like really yeah, cool. Yeah, stuff. yeah, How'd you get into that? So it's crazy. I, you know, I just was always drawn to it. My mother's favorite band growing up were the, were the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald. Yeah. So listening to Blue Eyed Soul and, 
you know, she'll tell you like when I was three years old and, and, and we'd be in the car and, and she'd have Stevie Wonder on and I'd be singing along and she'd just be like, wait a minute, you know, this isn't normal for, for a three-year-old. And I just always was drawn to it. And, and it's kind of funny is that, you know, no one really knew because I was always a jock in high school. I played college, you know, I went to college to play basketball. But my sophomore year of college, I went, there was a, a girl that I was dating who had a, uh, a show Penn Dance. It was the University of Pennsylvania, and it was a, a one of the um, school-sponsored groups called Penn Dance, and they did this co-branded you know, branded show with this other group called The Inspiration, which uh, at the time was an all-black R&B acapella group. They did R&B and gospel music. There was about 16 members, co-ed, and I went you know, to, to see the show, and it was like, I was like, this is exactly what I sing. I was like, this would be a blast, you know? So I went and I auditioned for the show and I got in. And so it was, it was amazing. You know, I was able to, to play athletics in college. I was able to sing in this group in college. And, and then once I started, you know, really, you know, kind of uh, say spending a lot of time doing that. And by the time I left college, I was one of the standout soloists in the group. And, that was when I told my parents, I was like, listen, I think I'm going to give this music thing a whirl. And they were like, what? You know, like, no. And then they came in and, and heard one of the shows and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> they were like, we okay, get now, now we trust good. you. <laughs> yeah, we, you're pretty good. We, we can get down with this. And it was cool, man. I, that was all in Philadelphia. And I got out of college and joined this unbelievable like R&B funk band for a couple of years. And we just gig like four or five nights a week and write music. And it was just an amazing time. Like, I just think back and, and you know, that kind of organic experience of being able to, you know, work on your chops and work on your craft. And, and then it, it was the coolest time I had in music was when I was broke and just spent time like, <laughs> You know, and it was before I got wrapped up in record companies and management companies and record deals and having to write, you know, songs that they wanted you to write and all that stuff, which is kind of what happened once I moved to New York. And and then you start to become this bitter, tortured artist, you know, where it's not the same anymore. But, you know, I, it, it was a blast. I, I really wow. did enjoy it. I had a great time. I love yeah. that. Oh, my word. How do you feel about the state of the music industry now that everything's streaming and no one's making money? Oh man, you know, I, I, I hate, I always feel like I end up sounding like probably my parents sounded when <laughs> I was a kid and they would hear music and they were like, ah, music's just not the same as it used to be. Right, it's, right, right. It's, yep. it's, yeah, you know, it's hard for me because I, I hear a lot of stuff that's out there and, and, um, you know, it's very different. Um, and I always, I always feel like, um, you know, you kind of, everything now kind of gets grouped into, into this cookie cutter, um, you know, the same, kind of the same thing over and over again. And, and I feel like, uh, but, but there's always going to be some artists that you find you're like, wow, you know, there's still some incredibly talented artists who write and play and can really sing. And um, it is a completely different world though, than when I, you know, came up, like when I started, music full-time in 97 was still, you know, it was, it was, people were emailing, but there was no internet. Right. And then, and then right around that time, the internet started, but, but really and truly like 
you know, the, the whole streaming and, and being able to SoundCloud and be able to release stuff yourself, that wasn't a thing. You know, it was still record deals and record companies when I was when I was coming up. So it wasn't quite the same. And I mean, I think it's interesting to be able to have that opportunity to be able to get your music heard by so many people now. But yeah, it's really hard to make money. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. a it's a challenge. Um, so, you know, it's hard. I don't know. You know, listen, I always think about it because I'm, I'm interested to see. So my wife is also a, a wonderful singer. She was a musical theater major and she um, she toured and did a lot of shows in, in New York and, and in uh, up and down the Northeast. And, um, you know, uh, very classically trained and very different than me. Um, you know, Where did she go to school for like, musical theater? Uh, she went to uh, Wisconsin, somewhere in Wisconsin. Uh, she she got a musical theater degree, and then she uh, went and started uh, working in New York. Um, and that you know, we met actually kind of towards the tail end of both of our careers, our music careers. Um, but uh, but she's a, a beautiful singer, and and so we we hope that our kids get that gene. They they definitely have gotten my daughter at least has gotten the kind of the athlete gene for sure. Um, but uh, but I'm hoping they both get the music gene. Um, but again, you know, and, and obviously we want them to do whatever it is that they love. But it's a tough racket. There's no question. You know, like yeah. a lot of it just depends on timing and who you know and when it happens. And, and uh, you know, I see a song with so many unbelievably talented people that, you know, you just you just are like, oh, how is this person not, you know, made it? Um, and uh and, you know, they, they, like I said, I mean, you know, they end up singing background, career background singers or end up singing in event, event bands their whole life, which I, you know, I, I did a lot of event band singing, uh, which was a blast and, you know, got to do some amazing things. I sang in an event band that, you know, we opened for, for, uh, uh, Diana Ross, you know, we opened for Joe Cocker, we opened for Jennifer Hudson, we opened for Cool in the Gang, we opened, you know, it was incredible, like the, the experiences, but you know you're living paycheck to paycheck, and and it's a scenario where you know if you uh, if you live that life, once you have a family, it, it becomes more and more difficult to to do. You know, um, so uh, we'll see. I I'm, I hope that they love music, and I hope that that it's something that they that they um, both have a talent for. Um, you know, but but I of course I don't know that uh, I want them to try to do it full time. But we'll support them with whatever it is. Well, both both doing. of my girls play, and they're both kind of self taught from watching me. I, I'll tell you my approach to them when they were young, like yours. Well, we were talking about this over the weekend, actually. Uh, my oldest, my youngest daughter, and I was teaching summer camp for little kids, and she comes home. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sick of kids bop." And I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Cause they change all the lyrics, and we're having this long discussion." She's like, "Why didn't you ever play kids bop for us?" It, you just always made us listen to the actual songs. It's, and I was like, because I want you to have an appreciation for Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Guns N' Roses and, you know, all these. You know, I listened to a lot of rock music, obviously, but like we were listening to rap and country and, you know, they were really nothing excluded, even as little kids, because I wanted them to hear the real thing so they would be excited about it and interested. In it. And as they got older, the oldest one decided she wanted to play ukulele and she got really good at it. And the youngest That's one decided so cool. she wanted to play guitar like me. And so I bought her a guitar and she taught herself to play because she loves Taylor Swift, you know, yeah. and they don't, awesome. have any, they don't have any desire to be professional musicians, but they love to play. And it's such a great outlet, kind of like what we all do with CrossFit, you know, like mm -hmm. 
it's your escape from, you know, anxiety and stress and like all the craziness that goes out there. And I, I think when you have a creative outlet, it makes you creative life as well. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, you know, I just, I would encourage anyone with young kids, don't get them the kids, Bob, don't get them the filtered stuff, like play them what you like. Cause they yeah. don't know, they don't even know what it means at that young age. You know, they had no clue. No, yeah. no, we, my, my, my daughter's favorite song right now is, uh, is as by Stevie wonder off of songs in PLA life. And it's, right. I mean, it's just one of the greatest songs ever written, but I mean, you know, she's five years old and she's singing along with it in the car. And, and this is the stuff that I listen to. And, you know, so yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's, it's, it's incredibly important to, to share that, you know, with your kids, especially for, for us where music has played such a huge part in our lives. And, you know, so she'll ask me all the time, what's your favorite song, daddy? I'll be like, well, I have a lot of favorite songs. Why don't we listen to this one today? Why don't we listen mm-hmm. to this one today? So yeah, it's, it's cool. And, and it's, it's been fun to, to see them kind of, you know, garner an appreciation for it. Yeah. The only downside the only downside is if you're an obsessive CrossFitter like we all are, is that you end up buying all this stuff, <laughs> all these guitars. It's like collecting shoes. You just like you keep just keep buying stuff, and you just I love it. Stop, you know, so. hey, it's a healthy obsession, bro. Um, I don't know if that's true. It's healthy to have something to do, but spending the money on guitars. I was about to say, maybe not on your pocketbook. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. not healthy for my pocketbook, but it, it's all good. I look, it's a, it's a fun hobby and it, it is a good way to escape from even like, you know, you have a terrible workout. I'll come home and play guitar to forget CrossFit. You, know? <laughs> you went to CrossFit to forget your day and then you had a terrible workout. So you have to come home and play music to forget about CrossFit. Hey. But yeah, you need you need something to escape from everything at some point or another. You know, I get it. I love it. Yeah, super I cool. Get it. <laughs> well, I'll send it to you, Nikki. You got to hear it. It's just great. Yeah, I, I'm you telling you, it. I know exactly how I'm spending the rest of my night packing now. Thank you. Can't wait. Cool. I'm, I'm slowly finding out who all the the CrossFit musicians are. So you got uh, Dan Bailey plays guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean uh, Woodland plays bass. I don't know who the drummer. Didn't know is. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean's a good bass player. Okay. Um, got to find a good drummer. I don't know who plays drums in CrossFit. It's got to be one somewhere. You trying to start a band? Yeah. Oh yeah, CrossFit band. Of course. Of course. Why not? I'll I'll, I'll do some I'll do some recon. I'll say. I'll I'll put the word out for a drummer. There we go. I can't wait Perfect. to see you guys all converge at the games this year and just like jam out one night. The problem is, is that every is that at every competition, my voice is gone. Cause I'm screaming my head off. So like people are like, Oh, you should sing. And I'll be like, what do you, I can't sing. I can't sing. Cause I've destroyed my vocal. We'll, we'll do right. some like low raspy Johnny cash stuff then. How about yeah. that? Yes, we could do that. We could do that. Or even like a lot of the standards, like a lot of Sinatra stuff is <gasps> it, even when I'm, yeah. hor- when I'm hoarse, it's fine. Yeah. I can get away with that. I, I nobody know asked, I'm... but I'll join you in singing if you'd like. I do sound like a dying cat when I sing, but I'm happy to join in. Happy to That's okay. Yeah, bring it on. I have zero, cannot love carry it. a tune, but love to sing. Love I did, it. I did notice at the, whatever the last uh, event I saw you on TV, you are kind of a screamer during these events. You're, you're becoming uh, notorious for that or, you know, getting some notoriety. I love it. What, <laughs> yeah. have, have you always been like that? You always like, just like 
kind of fired up as you're coaching or is this a new thing for you? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much always been like that. Um, I, and I, it's not a conscious choice. It just, it just comes out. Um, and I feel like it's, uh, it's just, I've always kind of been an emotional guy. And, and so, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm there with, with my crew, um, the, the emotion takes over and it's just, it's just my, you know, my personality. I think I kind of wear my emotions on the sleeve and, and, uh, it, it, it tends to it tends to come out in heightened yeah. situations. Yeah, in, in stressful know, situations. When I when I texted you last week, it's because you had come up on the last show that we recorded, and I don't remember even the context of it. But we were like, we got to get Justin on the on the show because when you and I were chatting at the last uh, at the syndicate at the last event. And you were talking about Ricky and you were talking about everyone that you had out onto the field to play. I was like, Justin really, like he pours himself into these athletes and you were talking about them like they were your kids. Like, oh, I'm so worried about him over here and I'm worried about her over here. And we really got to, we've been working on this and he wasn't eating. And I asked him if he was sleeping and I was like, man, it's like, it's like worrying about your kids literally. And so that was sort of the catalyst for me to be like, I got to text him and we got to talk more about what, what's been going on. And truly that was before you've made recent headlines, my friend. So that oh, was yeah. unintentionally, we have like the man of the hour on the show, but I, no, I do want to say Nikki, before we talk about any athletes, last yeah. time we had a coach on, you nearly got us sued. So oh, all opinions God. are Nikki's. Oh, right. What? No, wait, <laughs> all opinions. Wait, I want to hear the story. What what happened? Oh, no. uh, it wasn't like that. Well, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that. We we had uh, uh, James Townsend on, and he made a mention of a former athlete that worked for him. And next thing I know, Ooh. I'm getting a letter from an agent oh. saying, you know, take this episode down, or you're going to be subject to a lawsuit. Wow. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's yeah. not do that. But so all that to say, that was actually like <laughs> we had we had. Uh, tried to get you on the show before anything had happened, but now I have to know what's going on with your training camp these days because there have been some changes. Yes, there have been some changes. Um, You know, listen, uh, (laughs) the the vibe in the gym right now is unbelievable. Um, It is fantastic. Um, We, you know, I think they're, not on our end, really, but there have been some things said that you know, and, and we'll, you know, we're 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 kind of debating, I think, internally as to how to respond to a few of the things that have been said in the last couple of days. But uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, we I, I, here's the best way I can put it, and, and this is a friend of mine that, that kind of said this to me. We are looking to build this thing with bricks, right? Bricks build a very strong foundation. Um, and we're looking to build it for, for a very long time and long term. Um, what we don't want to do is build with dominoes. It takes one domino to bring down the entire crew. And we, we had to ask the domino to leave. And, and that's basically what happened. Um, it just was a scenario where for the better of the community, um, we, we had to go a certain route and, and it was unfortunate. Um, but I, I am resolute in my decision. Um, and we are stronger than we've ever been. And the vibe in the gym is the best that it's ever been. And, 
you know, it's, it was, it was a tough thing to do, but, but uh, you know, the way that things were going, we couldn't allow it to go that way anymore. And that's, that's the best that I can say it without getting into details that, you know, will be, he said, she said type of stuff that, that yeah. I don't think is, you know, that I, that I really don't think is um, appropriate or that we even need to go down that route. You know, we, we wish her the best and, you know, she's a phenomenal athlete. She's going to do great. Um, but for our community and our family, um, there was, it was something that was necessary. It was something that was necessary, you know, it, it, um, you know, I think it was something that we kind of hoped to be able to get through the season. And then it just became apparent that that wasn't going to be the case. And, you know, I know the timing wasn't great, but, but it was absolutely 100% necessary. And, and it was something that, that uh, I'd feel, you know, very good about, honestly. So, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, to say, to, to say right now, I mean, you know, we've got Ricky here at uh, Ricky and Alex and, and we've got uh, the team that won the far East is, is a team that Tommy Hackenberg coaches and they're here. Uh, they flew in. Um, so, you know, and we've got our other athletes that are kind of helping Ricky and Alex prepare for the games. And I mean, the vibe is just phenomenal. It's, it's this amazing community that we have incredibly supportive and, and that's what we are, you know, looking to, to build from here forth is essentially people who want to come in and be part of this amazing supportive community, um, you know, where, where we don't break people down, but where we build them up. And that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to build. Good. Well, and I hope that I'm glad to hear that you guys are landing on your feet. I hope everyone lands on their feet, obviously. Like, you know, it's, it can be difficult for everyone when athletes change coaches and camps all the time. And, you know, some timing is better than others. And I just, I'm, hope in my heart of hearts for you guys and for her and for everyone who's training for this game season that everyone is exactly where they need to be to do the best that they possibly can do and so thank you for answering our question i don't even want to know the drama do you know what i mean like that's a perfect thank you for answering and and it's none of our business what anyone did or didn't go through and how but like it's just when it's so public it must be difficult to <laughs> navigate like you said like you guys yeah. are trying to oh, no out, like, how do you deal with the whole thing and i just hope that everyone is exactly like i said exactly where they need to be to do the best that they can this season i'm excited to watch everyone compete yeah i i mean i'll tell you i'm i'm super excited i can't i can't wait i can't wait for madison um i'm incredibly excited to be with with the crew that we have and you know um, I mean, it's Ricky's comeback season, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and then we've got Alex who, who, you know, she's a rookie. And I, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, this is a bit of a surprise, you know, for her, she's ahead of schedule. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting for us, you know, to, to have those athletes and, you know, we've got a master's athlete, we've got a adaptive athlete there or coach, you know, coach Casey, who's obviously one of the favorites at the games. And so, we, you know, we've got a ton of underdogs that are going to, going to be there and, and I can't wait to, to get behind and, and support, you know, our, our, our athlete family that's going to be competing in Madison. I was going to say, Nikki, you know, I make memes for a living, so I'm kind of all about the drama. So if you want to get some um, drama here, that would that would help me. I, uh, <laughs> I remembered how we got how we got to uh, talking about getting Justin on. And I wanted to talk about this a little. You know, we had that. Um, I'm just going to call it a rash of people getting popped a week ago, all these teams oh, yeah. and athletes, whatever. And our discussions kind of centered around um, camps. 
So not about individual athletes. And I, I don't even really care to discuss individual athletes, but I was curious for someone who coaches like a large stable of athletes, do you ever worry about um, like the brand awareness of underdogs as an example, like Mickey and I were debating, should coaches ask athletes to sign NDAs or to sign, you know, kind of an honesty agreement or whatever you <laughs> I want to will call not it. do PEDS. Love yeah. Mickey. Or whatever. Yeah. Or, or should coaches just go into it and say, whatever happens, happens, and that's on the athlete and it won't reflect on me? Yeah, John, I think it's a great, I think it's a great question. It's funny that you bring it up because we actually had that discussion today on our, um, we have a weekly uh, management um, meeting for underdogs. And, and we talked a little bit today, especially after everything that's happened about um, how to handle that in the future. Um, you know, we, we have, we do have athlete contracts essentially um, when, when athletes join underdogs, um, you know, we have athlete contracts and, and it is something that um, I think in the future, something that we will absolutely lay out. Um, I, I, I don't think there's any question that, um, you know, in some, in some capacity, um, like you said, almost like an honesty agreement, um, you know, or, or that we, you know, during the year um, that there's a possibility that we actually might do random testing um, mm. of our athletes. Um, Interesting. Just, yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things that, that um, you know, I think it's the reality of, of, of the sport and the reality of where we are in, in 2022. Uh, I think what we've seen this year, um, I don't think it's an anomaly. I just think it's, you know, it, it, as the stakes get higher, uh, as the money continues to grow and, and, and as we start to see people um, from all from all walks of life, you know, get involved in the sport. I think, you know, people are I, I think at the end of the day, right, like in the history of sports, there are going to be people who look for an edge. Um, and I think it's important that we address it as a, as a training camp and as a brand uh, and, and as a brand now that's becoming more global, right? We've got athletes all over the place. There are athletes that are in-house and then we have athletes that are, you know, kind of representing the brand around the world. I think it's going to be important for us to address it and, and not run away from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Justin, we, we, were, you... we were discussing last week whether coaches should test their athletes and I'm an advocate for it for whatever that's worth. Like I, I really believe that reputational risk is a huge issue for people, even if they don't see it yet, because the sport is so small right now. Like, I don't think people really realize, you know, maybe they do, but I'm not sure they fully realize where this could be five to 10 years from now. Right. And like it's still kind of ground floor. I mean, it really is. And it only takes one or two, you know, kind of big moments to ruin a reputation and to stain it for a long period of time. And it's damn near impossible to fix it once it happens. Yeah. My, my argument was I have nothing against camps or coaches testing their athletes. My argument was just that I don't think that a coach or a camp can be responsible for an athlete's choice because we're talking about full grown ass men and women here who come yeah. to you to train for an hour or two and then they leave and then they eat and take a nap and go do whatever. And then they come back to you later on. And I just think that there's a difference between like, and, and, and the court of public opinion is what it is. Her reputational risk exists. I fully agree with John on that. I just, I'm not, 
Sure. I, I, I hope that there can be some separation there because I don't think as a coach, you can be fully responsible for what that adult does, but it's interesting, this concept of randomly testing your athletes, especially as their training camp grows. My question on that is, do you feel like it breaks down a little bit of the trust that you build in the relationship with your own athlete? Isn't there a, what is there going to be a little bit of like, well, Justin, don't you, don't you trust me? What the hell is this? Right. I think it, I think that that's possible uh, if you don't address it up front. If it's a scenario where you, where, you know, if, if it's in the athlete contract or at the beginning of the season, you say to your athletes, Hey, um, this is what we're going to do. If you have a problem with it, please come speak with us and we'll explain why. But I think if you just kind of pop it on somebody, no pun intended, right? You pop it (laughs) on somebody in in mid season um, and you haven't discussed it and there hasn't been any communication about it, then I totally agree with you. And the other thing that, you know, just to kind of go back to to what you were saying before, I, I agree that it's not necessarily a coach's fault unless there's a trend. Right. If there's a one off and you've got one athlete that, that pops and you've got a whole stable of athletes, um, fine. But if it starts to become a trend and, and you see year after year that there are athletes that are popping from that same camp, then I think that, that you know, without question, um, you're, you're going to suffer the consequences. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and rightly so. You know, I think at that point you have to be able to, um, you know, take responsibility, but also you have to take, you have to do something, um, to, to make sure that that's not happening. Um, so, you know, I, I think without question for us, you know, we we're you know, this year, luckily none of our athletes, um, you know, popped and, 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 you know, so that's, that's obviously great. And I hope that that's the case in the future. Um, but we're going to, take a little bit, I, I think a, a little bit more responsibility in making sure that, um, you know, we we're an active participant in what, in, in the supplements that our athletes are taking. I think more than anything, it's really about un- understanding and knowledge because we see a ton of athletes, um, you know, whether people believe it or not. Right. But, but I think that there are a ton of athletes who, who just take things and, and they, and they really don't know, uh, what's in it. Um, you know, they, they're not exactly sure what's on the, what's on the list. And, and at the end of the day, I think you see a lot of athletes, uh, you know, who, who get popped for tainted substance or tainted, uh, uh, supplements. And then also, you know, they'll, they'll take things that they didn't know were, were I, uh, to be honest with you, I coached an athlete in, in 2017 who, uh, you know, uh, got a prescription drug from his, uh, from his doctor, um, he and his wife were trying to have a, a, a second child, uh, Ryan Elrod. Uh, and oh, yeah. he, and, and he made the CrossFit games and, and he got popped and had no idea. And I had no idea he was living in Orlando and I was living there. I didn't even know he was taking it and he got the minimum ban. I mean, he got two years because he proved that, you know, he was taking it for, for that specific reason, but he got, you know, he got popped and, and he got banned for two years and he, he you know, took responsibility and said, yes, I, I was taking it. And to be honest with you, it's more important for me to be able to, to build my family than it was for me. And I would have, I would have never competed if I would have even known that this was on the, the list. But as a coach, I mean, it was a gut shot. 
I mean, it was a, it was yeah. a scenario where I, first of all, cause I knew he's such a great human being and it yeah. was just a terrible. I was, thinking, you know, I, was, I, was, was a, I am still a huge fan of him and he's got the oh, coolest like career fan. story. Like, wasn't he a Cirque du Soleil aerialist yes. for a while? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a cool dude. And I mean, just an awesome human, but, but, you know, he, but, but he did take it and, and, you know, um, so it was something that, that, you know, for me, that was definitely one of those scenarios where I was like, okay, you know, in the future, I want to know what you're taking. I want to know what it is that you're putting in your body. I don't care if it's prescription or not. Like at the end of the day, we need to make sure that this isn't going to be an issue, you know, and. And so I think we've seen that happen this year, right? I mean, you know, with, with, uh, with Phil, uh, I mean, that was a scenario where you know, he was taking a prescription medication, well, whether or not, you know, you believe it or not. I mean, that, you know, if, if that's what he was taking and, and that's all he was taking, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate not to, not to know that that, that was going to uh, come up on a drug test. Uh, and it's something that, that could obviously be avoided. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's tough is like if people were just more judicious in understanding what they were doing, if you believe that side of things, then yeah, it definitely could all be avoided. I think you'll see them starting to do that over time. As the sport gets bigger, it's part of it will become more self-governing to like to Justin's point. If you had multiple athletes get popped in a certain camp, whether it's misfits or underdogs or whoever, like the athletes that are part of that camp don't want that to happen either because now everyone is viewed as tainted. Totally. Even if they're yes, not even if they're not failing tests. You know, so it, I do think there will come a time when athletes are prodding each other to do the right thing. That's part of it, in camps anyway. I think camps will start to do a better job of doing kind of what we're discussing here because they don't, you know, none of you guys want anyone to pop, let alone multiples, um, because I think that's a big deal. And my hope is, is that as the sport grows, you know, CrossFit can continue to invest in this part of their program. Like, you know, we're just, I know we haven't had more this year than previous years necessarily yet, knock on wood. Um, but I'd like to see them invest in more transparency, you know, people, you know, everyone really understanding inside and outside of CrossFit what it is. Cause we're talking about a lot of kids. Like for me, that's what it is. Like you mentioned, like they don't always know what they're taking. And I don't view that as a cop out for, for them because we're talking about 20 year old kids. Like I have a 20 year old. She doesn't know what she's eating half the time. <laughs> like yeah. they're kids. Like that's what they do. I realize they're athletes and they need to be more judicious and, and, you know, well, I think a lot of it comes down to education. I think a, a lot of it comes down to, uh, you know, so I, I'm a, yeah, I've been a part of the USAFF, which is a part of yeah. the IF3, right? And the IF3 um, does a phenomenal job, um, you know, with, with educating the athletes. We've had um, mandatory meetings with, uh, with WADA and USADA. Um, where the athletes at the actual competitions have had to sit through, and they don't always want to, but they've had to sit through a three-hour seminar about drug testing, about what drugs are you know, off limits, about what supplements are off limits, about this, about that. And at the end of the day, I, I just think that, that there needs to be, um, there needs to be you know, more attention uh, given to that. And I, I've always thought that, that CrossFit needed a, a third party, um, you know, testing system. I, I still do. Uh, and I'm an advocate for it. Um, and I think that that would also kind of shut a lot of the critics up, you know, outside of CrossFit if they had that. Um, 
but but regardless, I think we could put a lot more into into uh, education for the athletes uh, and and make it mandatory. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think it's that important, especially you know because it it really doesn't take a lot to destroy a sport, um, you know and. And, and, you know, if you've got the trend where each year, you know, we're going to see two, three times more athletes, um, you know, testing positive, you're, you're going to start to, the public perception is not going to be positive. And we're trying to build this thing. And if we want to build it, then we've got to bring a lot more attention to that aspect of things. And, and I hope that, that, you know, that's something that they'll do in the future. And, and I know that, that, um, you know, this regime that's in place is, is taking more time to get feedback from us, uh, the coaches and the athletes, you know, to, to try to um, make the sport better. Um, you know, we I had a call with, with Justin Berg and, and Ari, you know, not too long ago where, where, where they were like, listen, we want your opinion on how do we make things better. You know, that, that that's never happened past so the the fact that we're having these open discussions is really important and and, you know these are things that we're bringing up and 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 hopefully it's something that we're going to see in the future that that crossfit you know pays a lot more attention to are you getting a sense that the tide is turning on that like that you know i know there's tends to be a lot of negativity this year around how crossfit has run the open and run quarterfinals and semifinals and and now kind of leading into the game, just a lot of community uh, anxiety, maybe is the best way to word it. Or do you feel like that's turning? I think that they're trying. And I, and I think that they're interested in getting opinions um, from those in the know uh, and, and those that they respect. Um, and I think that they really are trying. Um, you know, whether or not, I, I don't think there's any question that we, you know, they fumbled a few things this year. Right. And, but, but the fact that they're asking questions and the fact that they want our feedback is, is a major step forward. Um, you know, I, I think that our, you know, I think the constructive criticism in the past fell on deaf ears or, um, you almost felt like, uh, like, it was, you, you were a bit excommunicated if you brought those things up in the past. Um, and now I think that there's an open discussion and an open line of communication, which I've never felt in the past. Uh, so, so I'm very, I'm, I'm very hopeful about that. Um, and now I think it's just a matter of whether or not um, we're actually going to see changes made. Um, because I, I think that there are things that, that have to change, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, specific things that, that I can think about is, is you know, uh, just a, a lot of the stuff that we saw blunders with this year with the, with the online video judging. Um, you know, there's a lot of things at the games as far as just coaches, coach athlete access, you know, um, there's, you know, the, 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 the thing with the pull up bars and, and equaling the playing field for athletes, no matter how short or tall they are. Um, you know, communication between CrossFit and the athletes about the season and about how things are, you know, there, there's just been a, a lot of last minute things that have always happened. Um, you know, payouts to athletes, you know, just some of those things have to have to get better and, you know, or, or any pay at all, right, for like for like a quarterfinal stage where you've got a whole stage of the games where nobody's getting paid. Like, it's just things that, that I think have to change that, that at least they're listening to us. And hopefully we'll start to see some of those things change in the future. 
And from your lips to God's ears. Speaking of pay, I need to thank you, by the way, because in this, uh, I ran a fundraiser for the Adaptive Campaign, and your group sold a T-shirt. Nikki, I didn't even tell you this, by the way. No, tell me. Sold, sold, sold a T-shirt to raise money, and they sent me a check for like 500 bucks last week Yay. to donate to these athletes, which was super kind to you guys. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. We, we uh, you know, I think we're, I, I mean, I don't know. You, you know, I feel like we're one of the only brands uh, that has uh, an, an, an adaptive program. Um, and, uh, and obviously we have, uh, Casey Cree, who's, who's running it, who, who, you know, is a CrossFit games champion in, in the upper adaptive division. Uh, and he's a adaptive or not, he's a genius. And, and, and when it comes to coaching, he's one of our best. Uh, and, um, so when he kind of brought it to us, it was a no brainer for us. It was something that we were super excited to get behind. And, and obviously in the future, it's something that we, we hope to continue to support and continue to grow. And, you know, I, I just think it's one of, it's one of those, um, divisions. I mean, listen, you know, the, the adaptive athletes are, are, are some of the best and most inspiring in the CrossFit community. Uh, and, and still don't get enough attention. So, so for us, it was, it was something we were super excited to get behind and, and obviously, you know, thank you for, for starting it and thank you for letting us be a part of it. It was awesome. What, what is, uh, what's Casey snatch up to these days? Oh my gosh. He's amazing. I think, uh, I think he's at two forty five. Jesus. So yeah. for those that don't know Casey, he's missing half an arm <laughs> and he snatches two forty five. It's oh, clean. I think he cleans 335. Yeah. Oh, he's an absolute. I always say this. You know, Tia is the best CrossFitter in the world, but the most impressive CrossFitter in the world is Casey. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. You you see the things that he does. It is absolutely astonishing. I mean, it's, it's some of the most impressive stuff you've ever seen. Um, and it, you know, so if people don't, don't know Casey, they should go and look him up and, and watch him because you'd just be like in awe and so inspired. Like, you'll just be like, well, what the hell have I been doing? You know? Truly. So, yeah. He's also crazy humble and yes. just like the sweetest guy you've ever met. Like, you know, I know most of these athletes yeah. are, but like, I, you know, first time I met him, I'm like looking at his videos. I'm like, all right. Like, you know, I know I should be inspired because you're an adaptive athlete, but now I'm just jealous. Like, just yeah. utterly fucking jealous because uh, you're clean and jerking three something and you're snatching 245. Like, dude's a beast. Absolute beast. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, without question. We're, we're, we're super stoked. I can't wait to go watch him at the games. He's obviously the odds, odds on favorite. So I'm, I'm stoked to go see him dominate. It's going to be fun. Well, with as much as he lifts and snatches, I mean, truthfully, he'd make a splash in the non-adaptive division. I mean, those are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a freak. I mean, he's he's great at, at everything he does. It's, it's incredible to watch. Well, it's, it's super appreciative. And I, I would tell you, the athletes, as I've been – at this point, I've paid out about half of them, and I get to get, get – the foreign ones, you know, the European ones are much harder to pay out. So I'm kind of in the middle of figuring that out. Um but I would tell you, like, every single one that I've talked to have all just been so appreciative of people investing in them. And that's why I was excited when I talked to Casey about the adaptive program you guys run, because there are very few gyms that do that. Um, and, you know, I, I just really appreciate that, you know, you guys have taken this approach to inclusion and, and you know, kind of diving in 
head first because you're you're known for your elite athletes, but I think this is like a really, really amazing thing you guys are doing for sure. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And I, I it was it was uh you know, it was interesting when Casey kind of brought it to me and, and we had the opportunity to do it. And, and I was, uh, yeah, I was so excited to get behind it and, and be a part of it. Cause I, I, like I said, I think it's, I think it's a division that's, that's underappreciated and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing, um, to watch and, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, excited that we that we decided to do it and and i uh, will will continue to you know continue to grow it um as the years as the years pass for sure you know counting casey you got a real shot at getting multiple athletes on the podium at the game this year i was i was curious because you've obviously you've seen him now compete uh live how you feel the reception to ricky's going to be like i we're excited to get a watch him personally but i've never seen him compete live and see what the crowds are like like, how are the crowds responding to you guys? Ricky's a, uh, he's a polarizing guy. What's funny is that, so we had several athletes who have never met Ricky. And Ricky's here now. And Ricky is, I think, if not, you know, the most beloved. Then what, I mean, he is such a good dude. And he has, has like, I mean, you know, he, he has adapted to our community and our family. You know, it's like peanut butter and jelly, man. He's, he's just phenomenal. Um, and he loves it here. I think there's a good chance that we're going to get him here for an extended period of time during the year. Uh, and his girlfriend just, just got here and she loves it here. So, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get him here for half of this next season coming up. Um, but uh, I think he's going to do really well. Um, I think games programming is is uh, is is kind of his strength. Uh, he's an incredible runner. Uh, he's great at grunt work, and obviously, we know that the games kind of centers a lot around that. Uh, a lot of odd object stuff and a lot of running, and uh, and he's a freak at that stuff. Um, so I, I think he's got a chance to do really well. Uh, I think he's the strongest that he's ever been, and strongest that that, it, that he's ever been with me. Um, and. Uh, I think he's very excited. Um, it's it's really fun to see him now. He was really, really tense and nervous for semifinals. Uh, I think that for him, that was the stage that he really needed to get through. Only three spots in, in Australia or in, in Oceania, right? Um, and the fact that he was able to get through that, I think the pressure was on. Uh, and now I think he can go to the games and really sink his teeth into it. Uh, with with that many events, so I think um, I think the opportunity is there for him, and I I, I think you're going to have a lot of people that are excited to see him. I think there are going to be some people who will always feel like he shouldn't you know be allowed back in, and that's their right you know to feel that way. Um, but I but I think the people who uh, are on the fence are are kind of going to fall in love with him a little bit because uh, again he he's this he's this really kind of soft spoken chill guy who when he gets on the floor it's just He's kind of like me in the stands where he, yeah. he lets his emotions go. And, you know, he's very real when he's out on the floor. You, you know, you, you know how he's feeling and how he's doing. And I think that, that people can embrace that. I think it's, it's fun to see because uh, you're, you're going to get a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion out of him. Uh, and, I, and I think that, that, that the crowd will respond to that for sure. Nice. Yeah, I think they will too. We, uh, the year Hunter McIntyre went, you know, there, you had all kind of uproar about Hunter getting in cause he didn't actually qualify to a, you know, a sanctional or the open and, you know, Glassman gave him the, gave him the freebie. 
And yeah, I was convinced he was going to come in and get roasted by the crowd. And it was a typical CrossFit crowd. Everybody's very polite and nice. And they cheered for him just like they did everybody else. And I think they'll do the same for Ricky. I don't think he's going to you know, be the subject of any negativity. I'm, I'm anxious to see him get a shot at, at his comeback. Like, mm. You know, I recently I've kind of changed my tune to how I feel about all these people getting popped. Like originally I was like, oh, they're all natural. Nobody's doing it. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, they're doing that shit. Like so many people got popped. (laughs) They're doing it. But I also believe in second chances. I'm like, take your time. You know, give it a shot. Go ahead. He did it it well. You know? Yeah. It's a heck of a story. I mean, we have never seen somebody in elite at, at the elite level who who uh, been suspended for four years and, and come back and been successful. Um, so, you know, I, I think without question, it's it's exciting and and uh, I'm interested. I mean, I'm as interested as anyone. You know, obviously, yeah. I'm gonna coach him, and I think he'll do really well. But but I'm I'm just excited for him to get a shot. I mean, he's been you know he's been waiting a long time. I know there were a lot of a lot of lows during that during the you know those four years where. You know, I, I think, you know, in his mind, he had to be thinking whether or not he was ever going to get the opportunity to do it again. And now that he has, and, and uh, I, I just know that he's super excited. And, you know, I hope people give him a shot because I can tell you, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've been doing this a long time. You know, I coached my first CrossFit Games athlete back in 2010. So it's been 12 years that I've been coaching at this level. And um, he is, he's an incredibly hard worker. Um, and he's just a, he's just a good guy who made a mistake. I mean, that's it. You know, he was 22 years old. And, and, uh, I think, you know, if we go back and look at our lives, I know, you know, there are mistakes that I look back and, and, and when I was younger and, and uh, say to myself, Hey, if I, if I wasn't given a second chance, I don't know where yeah. I'd be right now. So, yeah. you know, I, I hope they do because he's worked his butt off and, uh, you know, he's done everything right since he's been with us. And, and I'm, you know, incredibly excited for him to get his opportunity. And um, were one of the mistakes that jacket you wore in that EP that you released in 2006? I was looking at the uh, picture. <laughs> I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show this picture to you, Nikki. It, he looks so cool. Like, it's such a 2006 photo. Hey, listen, listen. In fairness, I just purged my closet and I found, and I could not make this up, I found a leather what looks like sergeant pepper replica crop front tail jacket yeah put it on put it on on. and i was like what part of me thought this was cool ever oh no i I look back i'll send you a picture john i'll send you both a picture it's intense i love it yeah no you got to go back and look there's uh, there's some there's some good ones there's one I got the fur on, no no shirt. Like, there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. I go back right. and look at my old ones. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Was well, actually, Nikki, I was, I was Googling, Googling photos tonight to do the promo for this in my story, and I didn't have a, a photo you handy. So I just Googled Nikki Brazier, and the first photo that came, you're not going to be able to see it. But you in this hat, can you see this? Oh, yeah. yeah. What is up with that hat? I was loving it. Look at this thing. Do you want me to tell you? Can I tell you what's up with that hat? That was oh, that I was on it. my comp- that was on my company website for a while. We took headshots. And the reason why I have like a sweet Michael Jackson hat tilt on is because the morning of our headshots, I had the world's most massive sty on one eye. Ooh. 
just like couldn't open my eye, couldn't whatever. I've never had a sty previously in my life, nor have I had one since other than the day that we had to take headshots. So that's why that is covering half my face. I mean, but that's very cool that you were able to, you know, you disguised it, it and you went like the fashion, like the whole night. Oh, yeah. It was great. I made it I work. Love photo. Gonna, I feel like it, it should say like Nikki Brazier PI or something like <laughs> oh what is that jacket i love it oh, so much yeah. wow. so that jacket's a it's a it's a coyote parka that my father handed down to me so it's actually like in the family still yeah but that was oh yeah that's that you was 2002 like, 2002 i think that so that's 20 like years pitbull yeah. in that photo you look like Mr. World. It's funny you say that. Yeah, yeah. So there was it was twenty. Yeah, that's twenty years ago. <laughs> that picture. So yeah, good. Well, we're we're getting close to time, but I had one other thing I wanted to ask you, just because it was it was a a very memorable moment for me when uh, when Alex Kazan qualified for the games. Who cried harder, her or you? Yeah. I think it was a toss up. <laughs> um. I, I really did get emotional, uh, and I I think, you know, I mean, listen, th- this is a labor of love, right? Like we we do this because you know we love coaching and we love um, seeing these athletes reach their maximum potential. We love helping them get to to you know just this, this growth. And you know, when Alex started with us. Um, you know, she was 18 um, and, and she, you know, was just this unbelievably soft-spoken kid who, you know, talked to me about, well, in a few years, you know, I'd, I'd really love to make the games. Like, that's my, my goal, and, you know. And uh, at the beginning of this season, I could kind of see, you know, this, this rapid growth from month to month. I mean, she was just, she was just getting better and better and better. And a few months out, Obviously, quarterfinals. I think she she finished eleventh or twelfth in in quarterfinals, and she was shocked. I mean, you know, and and when the uh, you know when the the leaderboard came out, and I sat her down and I said, I said, Alex, I'm not shocked. I'm like, you're this good, and I think you could. I think you could make the games this year, but you're not going to make the games if you don't believe that you can make the games. And, and so our whole mantra, you know, and I know it's very Ted Lasso. If you watch Ted Lasso, it's very, no. like, just believe in it. it. It wasn't, you know, but it really was. It was this, it was this idea of if you believe it, then, then I think you can do it because I, I think you're this talented. Um, and, and we all know the Granite Games field was stacked. It was yeah. a stacked field, right, as far as semifinals are concerned. So there was no, there was no fake in the phone. Right. Like if you made it out of granite, you deserve to make it. Right. And and um, and she I, I think it was, you know, after after that first day, she, you know, she was in third. And then after after that, that chip room day two, where, you know, I just looked at her and I said, you you're you're in third place after three events. Like, do you see what I'm saying? And it was like this light went on and she was like, yeah, she was like, I do. You know, I don't know that I saw it, but now I do. And to, to be able to see that happen within somebody, and especially within somebody who you care about and within somebody who's just such a good, nice person who, who is getting 
exactly what she deserves to get. Like all the accolades and, and all these great things that are happening happening to her. It's just really nice to see good things happen to good people. Yeah. And and uh, and so I was overcome with emotion because I was just so excited, you know, to see this breakthrough happen, you know, because it, it, it was just this life-changing experience for her. And now, you know, no matter how she does at the games, listen, she's a rookie and they're going to be ups and downs at the games. They're, they're going to be good events for her and bad events. I don't expect her to go there and finish in the top 10 if we're being realistic, right? I think she's going to go there and I think she's going to have moments and I think she's going to have other moments where she's like, oh shit, I got to work on this, you know? And, and, um, but I'm so excited for her to go and, and get the experience because I now believe that that her trajectory from where she's at this year to where she can be next year, now that she believes it, I, I think you're going to see her biggest growth from this year to next year because we're going to really be able to hone in on the things that, that you know, are going to make her an athlete that can go from – you know, making the games to now being an athlete who can do damage in the games. And that's, and that's very different. Um, but for me, it was just, it was so exciting to see. And, and I, I couldn't, like you, like we've talked about, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't withhold it. You know, it was, it was just so awesome. And I, I, I love her and I'm, I'm so excited for her to be able to have this experience. It's just awesome. Yeah, there's, there's nothing better than seeing somebody achieve something they worked really hard for. And I, you know, I wasn't making fun. Like I, I really love seeing people achieve things. And then those that have invested time in them also get that reward. And that's what was a really cool moment to watch, like seeing athletes and coaches embracing them like we did it, you know, and it isn't just, it isn't just, Hey, you're a great athlete. You did it. It's like, Hey, you had this guidance and you did it. And it's just, it's a really cool moment to see live. And I just, I don't know. I love seeing how excited you get about your athletes and how excited they are about you. And it's just very, very fun. Yeah. So. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. it it's uh, like I said, it's, it's just me. I can't, you kind of, you know, you kind of, kind of, kind of get it regardless. Yeah. It's not, it's uh, it just happens. So yeah, I, I, but I'm, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're excited to watch your athletes compete and see you guys at the games yeah. just a couple of weeks out now. Nikki will be on the sidelines interviewing, all your crews are winning events. So yeah, wait. I truly like it's. I can't even think past like moving tomorrow. But yeah, it'll be a solid ten days after we move into the new house. So I will definitely have my shit together. Don't worry. Well, good luck with the move. I hope you have an easy move. I, Thank I know you. it's always challenging moving, but I hope it goes well. And I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a, it's been a, a volatile couple weeks with uh with everything and then obviously with us kind of living the gypsy life so it was it was nice honestly to come and and kind of chat with you guys and get my mind off of some of the other stuff and it it was it was nice for me so so thank you i appreciate it of course we'll have to do this again after games and and do like a debrief on how everything went yeah anytime anytime all right well great having you on justin nikki great seeing you again as always go knock down that chicken coop and uh get packed up, get moved. And then I'll see you guys both in a couple of weeks. Exciting stuff. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. Take care.